Welcome to Johan's Ego Killer. I'm Johan Francis, CSCS. This is a show where we review stories about people like you inside the gym because there's one thing I know about you. You do better when the ego's been defeated. Alright, today a special guest, Tomas Nomas Dayan. Tomas Dayan is a French kickboxing champion who is now the head striking coach at the world famous and I do mean world famous American Kickboxing Academy right here in San Jose. Tomas has a ton of experience. He's a Sensho champion. He moved here some 10 odd years ago and as I've personally known about him and seen him inside the gym, not only is he a really smart coach, he's a very great coach. I thought he has an interesting story to tell and we do get into it. Um, one thing I always admired about him is how great of a coach he was. From day one, I noticed, for me, how he was easily able to communicate the nuances of kickboxing and kick technique. I'll never forget first actually being in the gym with him. And look, you know, I had no idea like 10 years later I'd be asking him to do a podcast, right? This is, you know, this is this non-circuitous life that we lead. It's great. But when I met Tomas, I was at the gym. I was at Kung Lee's gym. All right. These names might not mean much to you if you're not inside of MMA specifically. Pretty niche. But um, just know that this man is a monster inside of not only like celebrity in San Jose. You know what I'm saying? He's about as San Jose as it gets, if you ask me, Kung Lee. But just also inside of MMA, the man's carved quite the the legacy for himself. It's not like on maybe Mount Rushmore, but yo, if you're him, you lay down at night, you've accomplished some things. I'm just saying. Anyway, all right? Okay, so it's like this. I went there. I used to train there. And when I pulled up one day to train, there was this man in the back after training, right, we we're all kicking the crap out of each other, pads, uh, remember we use a lot of tie pads, and we all go into the back, okay, I actually tried to tell this story on the show, but, um, as we we're talking, but Zoom messed up, but anyway, so this day, 10 years ago, we all go back there, because the locker room is towards the back, well, in the back, there's a hallway, inside the hallway, it was almost like, you know, like, when you see it back in the 80s, they had those racquetball gyms, and the racquetball was separated, and the big glass, and then you go into the glass room, and there they play racquetball, you know what I mean, and they had some of those gyms around, like, 20 years ago still, well, here you go back there, and there's a full, I believe it was like a, it's like a boxing ring. It wasn't a cage. And here's this man, right? This brother. And he's doing a work on another guy. And the other guy he was doing work with is actually pretty damn good himself. And just the way he moved, the way he sh was hitting the other guy, Tomas, the way he was moving and hitting this guy and getting out. He was lean as hell, right? He looked like a freaking IBBF <laughs> champion. Like he was flawless in there. And we were all looking at each other, stunned, silent. Turned out to be Tomas. And that was just the beginning. So I come back like a month later. 
and apparently he's teaching, right? And of course, at the time, you know, ooh, you know, all the whispers, who's this guy? And oh, they brought him in and all this excitement. Um, and look, back then, Kung Lee, his gym was super legit. A lot of buzz around not just him, but his gym. Uh, a lot of it. So uh, fast forward about a month later, we're taking a class. It's a kickboxing class. And he's teaching. Tomas is teaching, right? Tomas is teaching this class. And we're doing spinning back kicks. This is early on in my development and training, so... I've maybe learned how to do this once with somebody else. But to this day, I will never forget how Tomas taught it. To this day. Because the way he taught it, the cadence of his voice, and just his wellspring of knowledge, he wasn't trying to regurgitate something somebody else taught him. No, 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 no. You could tell he had a full mastery over what he was talking about. And that this discussion, this teaching lesson came from a very real place. He talked about how sprinters, Olympic-level sprinters, how they're able to stay extra relaxed while they're running. So their bodies are doing the most intense thing ever, but their faces are bouncing up and down because they're so relaxed. And let me tell you something about um, Tomas is that's the sense you get. He just moves like that throughout life. Right, He just is able to do that in life. So he's practicing what he's teaching. We're all picking up on that as a function of not only who he is as a teacher and a fighter. It's great. And, you know, I go over to his classes to this day, and they're still packed. Late at night, you go in, you don't want to do anything except eat a big dinner, you drink a beer, and go to bed. No, no, no. He's teaching, and his classes are packed, so people show up. Uh, for his classes to this day and we get into it we start talking about a lot of stuff so um, we talk about his upbringing in France him moving here and picking up more of the language Um, we talk about his family we talk about how being inside the gym sometimes you get someone might get the better of you inside the gym right but that doesn't mean you know I mean, if someone gets the better of you, you might spend a couple of days thinking about how you're going to get them back. But you don't let it defeat you. Never. We talk about that. And look, when he says it, he's been on the biggest stage. You know, he's been in MMA. He's been on the glory kickboxing scene. You know, this guy's done a lot of things. Traveling overseas many times um, to fight and get paid. Um, he talks about how... Ego is actually a good thing a lot of times, especially in the thing that he does. This thing of his, this thing of his, this fighting of his. Ego can be a very good thing because it's more of an aplomb. And that helps you feel like the most sometimes. And inside of fighting, being the most is a good thing. Right? Someone's trying to knock your your neck off. It's trying to wobble you. Feeling like you're the most and you can do it right back is hyper important. Um, not just because you want to walk around with your chest out and that it's important to give off a false veneer of confidence. No, it's 
to inspire yourself. You want to feel like the most because that helps you dig deeper and find that part of you that is the most. Okay? If you don't believe it's in there, it ain't there. But if you believe it's there, you might be able to find out what that person looks like. And then what that person can do. What the version of you, and by version I just mean learning more about yourself. Because we are, you know, we have a lot of, um, not so much sides as men, as people, as, as women. Um, not not sides, not versions. But we do apply ourselves differently under different circumstances. And again, I think fighting is the one place where we show all the sides of ourselves under the auspices of a coach. And that's it. Maybe no coach. Right? There's no one there except you. You're the imprimatur of yourself in that moment. You're the one trying to impress you. You know what I mean? And how great is it that you're not there to impress anybody else. You're there to do you as best, number one, as best you can. I think fighting in many capacities is the greatest exploration of that, um, which is why I have so much respect. So that's a tangent. The point is listening to Tomas helped reaffirm that for me. So hey, enough of an ear beating from me. Yo, uh, let's get into it. Here we go. Yes, that's what I do the most these days. I uh, I still train, but uh, I took a, I took a break from fighting to focus on coaching and uh, coaching the fighters and you know coaching personal training and you know I, I got into management and then promotion too. So we uh, we're working a lot. That's cool. Hey, you know what? When you did the, uh, I remember you had a post many years ago with uh, Glory. And you had the... Did you sign with them? Yeah, I signed with them, yeah. That's fire. That's fun. I love watching that. Yeah, thanks, man. Me too. It's nice to go back to kickboxing. Putting some big gloves again. It's nice. Yeah. Hey, why do you think... Because I love watching Glory more than any... Honestly, anything. Why not? Is this purely European? Like, why hasn't... Why don't we get more kickboxing here? Because I think it's super exciting. It's based in uh, in Europe, but I don't know what what is the reason. It's based in Europe. Kickboxing was always bigger in Europe, you know. Yeah. So uh, um, so they probably uh, focus their energy on Europe. On Europe, I'm not sure. It's just a wild guess. And uh, and MMA is big here. MMA took over a lot of things, you know. So um, um, I'm not sure what what the reason is, but I would. I would think that, you know, it's much harder to make it work here since MMA is so big and, and, and kickboxing is much bigger in Europe. So, um, But there are some shows here. There are some shows. All the, my two fights that I did with Glory was um, was here in the U.S. was here in the U.S. So um, uh, there are some fights that you just don't hear about it because MMA just, you know, doing a putting shadows on, on everything else. But. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Did you ever, when you were growing up, like, you got into a fight? If you did, I don't know. You didn't kick them, though. You have to use your hands. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I didn't get into uh, into many fights when I was a kid. You know, I did, uh, you know, maybe two or three, and it wasn't even like real fights. It's more, but it was more of wrestling fights. So I didn't, uh, I didn't throw a lot of uh, <laughs> a, lot, a, lot, a lot of strikes fighting in the streets. I, I was never a street fighter. That's lucky for the <laughs> lucky for them. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know how to fight either. So. I feel you. That's something that you you do gotta learn it. Right. You um you do gotta learn it, cause yeah, I wouldn't say I, I, I a lot of I had a lot of playground dust ups. That's what I did. I took the bus a lot when I was a kid here. But Same for me. You learn to watch out. Like you learn to you learn to fight with like your your wit. At least I did. Like I learned to use other things because I was always so scared of getting into shit, like on the bus or whatever. So I didn't. I had to think of other ways, you know, to uh, to defend myself. So maybe that's why I like keep learning to fight, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I know. I feel, I feel you. You know, uh, Paris is a uh, Paris is uh, buses and subways. So Paris is just like New York. So. You know, Dude. you gotta, you gotta, you, you know you're in danger at all times, so we, you, you gotta find your, your solutions to Dude, your ways. Par- so I've heard about a tiny bit about Paris, because it's a huge city, right? Yeah. And big cities, they're segmented, like, some places you go, some places you gotta watch out. What was it like? Just, like, because that's a big, San Jose's big, but even, like, if you grow up here... Because I, I lived in Toronto. Toronto's massive. What is it like living in a city that size? Like, and how was it as a youngster? And I, it, it, it's, it's very similar to New York, you know? The thing is, me, I wasn't from downtown Paris. I wasn't, I was more in suburb. It's like, uh, let's say I was in New Jersey, you know what I mean? So, um, I was, I was outside of Paris, but you go in Paris all the time for for for, for many reasons. So we're right next to uh, to uh, to the downtown Paris, which which is exactly like New York with all the is buildings. It? That's it. Is it? You know, yeah, there is a, wherever you're walking, there are, there, there is subways underneath you. So yeah, so that's what I was just about to say. Everywhere the subways, know? right? Yeah, subways, subways. And subways, then so yeah, because you lived there for until how old? Until 25 years old, and then I came here. What do you like better? Uh, here. I'm more comfortable here. I was never a, a city guy. That's, that's why I uh, I, um, I was always comfortable living in the suburb. But um, I'm just more comfortable here. I'm older. I got three kids. So, um, so uh, okay. you know, uh, uh, you know, being with my wife and three kids, you just want to be comfortable now. It's not a... It's not the hustle life where, when, uh, like when we, you, where you were a kid. It's like, yeah, Paris is great when you, when you're moving a lot, when you're doing different things. But now it's different. Now, now, being comfortable is much more important than. Uh, I hear you. San Jose is very. Um, it affords a lot of comfort. It does. Or I don't know if you live in San Jose, but around here, so I, I, I feel you for sure. For sure, and then you got um, uh, a big family there. You got three kids. How many brothers and yeah. sisters did you have? 
Yeah, I have a wife and three kids. Uh, how many brothers and sisters? I, I got uh, two brothers and two sisters. I grew up with two of them. So I grew up with a, uh, my brother and my sister. And my half-brother and half-sister grew up with my father. Did you, ha uh, did you have to... It's different. I didn't grow up with any siblings. Mm -hmm. um, but I have them, like half. You know, whatever they call it. And then, uh, it's all family. But... Um, did you ever have to defend them, either their honor or physically? Were you tasked with that? Or did they show you the ropes? Like, you know, go into this, go to college, da-da-da, go to this, that. What was that yeah. like for you? Because I know for me, like, I had cousins, too. They were the ones who taught me to callous. They calloused me. They made me stronger. Yeah, you know, I'm saying brother and sister, but I had a lot of cousins too, and I grew up with them too. We grew up in the same houses. So we uh, we really, uh, I grew up in a big family. So oh, did you? I'm not the oldest. Uh, yeah, I'm not the oldest, I'm not the youngest. So we were all, uh, it was all a, a big a big village. So we, uh, That's it. you know, we, we, we African, we have, our, we're Africans, we have our system in place. Uh, you know, we, of course I had to, I had to take care of my brothers and sisters. They, 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 they're much younger than me. So, of course, I had to uh, teach, them, teach them everything. That's why I don't have much trouble raising my kids today because I feel like yeah. I've already done it a couple of times. Oh, that's, 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 that's dope that you say that. That's cool. I don't have this. <laughs> I'm learning on the fly, so... That's cool that you were able to translate that because, you know, now that's good. It's your, you got three kids, that's good. Yeah, cool. You, I'm always curious, like, because you mentioned your African side, like, your, so, obviously, like, then, France, you're not, you're born there, but your family's not born there. Um, so you have to learn, like, a bunch of languages. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't have to learn. It came naturally. I understand uh, oh, dang, Wolof. Okay. Wolof, yeah, Wolof is a is a dialect, is a Senegalese dialect. We're from Senegal, so right. I understand. Uh, I understand Wolof. I don't. I don't speak it very well. You know, I have to think about it for me to speak. But it's not natural for me to speak. But, but I understand it very well. And we, you know, we we used to go to Africa every year. You know, so we. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah you. you you learn about 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 your roots and uh, and uh, you learn about the language too in the process and you know our our, yeah. our parents used to speak to us in Wolof a lot so I just yeah. I just knew it I don't know how I learned it but I just understood it at one point I, I didn't even realize that I how I learned it because I don't speak it I always answer in French but somehow I will, I'm I'm able to understand uh, everything. You might just that's smart, hey, because. You live here, you don't learn anything else. Except, like, your English and whatever you go in high school. Yeah, no, that's the same thing in French. In France, you know, it's a... Uh, uh, but you guys learn English, go. no? In France. No, no. No? Same, same. I, I know uh, as much English as, as you know French. Like, you take two years, three years, four years maximum, and then, and then you're done with, uh, with, with English. So you just learn the English that they teach you at school. It has nothing... 
which you know is very different than the English I, that people speak. Honestly, and that's my own like bias. I didn't figure that. I thought they taught it. So that's like I thought no, they like no. made you made you learn it like as a kid. No, 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 that's not funny. like that. It, it, we we learned some yeah we learned some English. First of all, it's the English from UK, so it's very different. Yeah, yo. and um, <laughs> and uh, no, when I came here, and I, I never even really paid attention uh, to English anyway in class. So I uh, when I came here. I wasn't speaking English. I knew a little bit, you know. I I knew yes, no, I don't know, I want to go there, things like that, but I didn't know. I didn't know how to speak when I came here, I couldn't speak. Hey, I, so you were you were fighting though at the time then, because you were 25. And then I was 25, so yeah, I was already fighting for like for a good uh, over 10 years already. Dang. It's, all right, so I want to talk about that briefly like after that's that's a long time already. But what was it like? Cause, yo, you don't know the language, the lingua franca, and then you gotta learn it. Did anyone ever try to check you on that? Because yeah, look, yes. you know, before that, even like, so for listeners, like you trained at Kung Lee and AKA. That's uh-huh. yeah, that's top of the pyramid. So you're gonna get all kinds of personalities. Did anyone try to check you? Knowing no, you didn't just, no, not, not to check me seriously like that. Just making fun of you know, cause oh, that's normal. yeah, that's that's normal. You know, that's that's what that's what we do. But you know, like uh, uh, I remember, Josh Thompson used to make fun of me a lot since until today. <laughs> so you know how Thompson is. So 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 uh, yeah, he used to make fun of my accent or things like that. But not not even me, and just to joke around and be funny, you know. But that's no, cool. nobody would uh, nobody would uh, but but. We would just joke around a lot, and uh, at AK too, same thing. But you know, I'm from a tough. Uh, I grew up with my cousin, big family, things like that. So we used to roast each other all day. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you. So you I'm, were I'm, cool I'm with that then? Yeah. So you knew what yeah, it exactly. was. Exactly. I already, I already. You know, I'm from that environment. We just roast each other. So. And so you didn't have a big ego then growing up because your cousins, my cousins did that to me. They made sure that I knew the ropes. Did you? How big was no. your ego? Because you, you're not an egotistical no, no, guy. No, we, yeah. We, we, no, no, no. You, we, we, we all had a had a, a big ego. We just right on. You know, we just we were just ready for battle. You know, that's all. You know, the battle. Even when you get humble, humble, like your ego is still there. You just learn that sometimes you you accept you accept certain things. That's it. You know. Hey, so let's say you're in the gym. I don't know. But you're sparring someone, you know, I know it's the tit for tat, but like, have you ever been in a spot in that gym? Because like I said, it's a big, heavy hitting places where it fucked with you for a day or two or maybe even a week that someone was able to move, make moves on you. Of it, course, all the time. All the time. It's a... Okay, how do you come back from that? Because isn't that, like, knock you back? You come back by doing better. It doesn't knock you back. It, it makes you think that how you go. I'm going to get that guy back. You know, I know. We, 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 we competitors. We, uh, we don't, uh, if we are where we are, it's because we don't, we don't get broken. We don't give up easily. We don't get broken easily. And every time, having a bad day as sparring, I was having that discussion with the fighter not too long ago. Um, because every time you have a bad day in sparring, um, you think about it for the next two days because you're about to spar again, and 
and but this is uh, this is what gets you better. Since I was a kid, this is what gets you better. Is by is by being uh, you know is by being dominated or even destroyed by someone. And either you break it or you come back. We're professional because we we never we never we never yeah. we, we never give up. We always come back. But that's what gets you better. You there's no way you can become good if you didn't get uh, if your ego didn't take a, a hit. Yeah. You know many times. No way. What do you do? So you just let it happen next time. If just you're gonna get better, right? That's how you know. Yeah, you think you think you think about it, then uh, you try to have a better performance. You, you know, you made some mistake. You think about it, you come back stronger. Easy, easy, very simple. That's pretty noble. It's like hard to do though. But you're right. There's a difference. You're not the same as uh, weekend warriors if you're professional. It's a living. Yeah. Right. What do you think? Because I'm trying to think, like, it's only something that I'm able to grasp that the older I get. And I'm almost 40, I guess. But as a younger person, that was hard for me to swallow, like, to just focus on the performance to get better, right? And I know you're right. But I know for me, and I'm, I'm like, um, a lot of people I train um, with strength, strength training. Like, uh, is that something that you, was that natural or how did you learn that? Cause you had to take a couple L's along the way and with, you know, maybe you didn't, but in order for you to learn that process, how to walk that off, uh, what was that process to learn that? Hey, I come back by doing better or performing. Uh, I don't have an answer. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's natural or yeah. I don't know yeah. if it's natural or if it's something. Uh, I mean, you have something has to happen for you to want to compete and prove that you're strong. You know, so this goes with the ego. If I didn't have an ego, I wouldn't be competing. I'm competing mm. because I want to show that I'm strong. You know, I'm competing. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I, I can fight in the gym. I can I can fight in the streets. No, I'm competing to show the world who I am, and that's that's. This yeah. is almost pure ego. So, uh, so um, that's uh, true, actually. Hey, that's so, true because uh, you're saying like it's a good thing too. Yeah, I mean it's a good thing. You just got to be careful with it. You know, you, you can't. You just can't let it uh, take over your entire personality. You know, but uh, but it's a, it's a, it's a. Yeah, it can be a quality. It can be something that drives you, of course. But like we know, the ego can do a lot of negative thing, things too. You know. Yeah, I, I, I feel that. In an association, uh, it's called Lionheart Initiatives. And uh, we, um, our goal is just to develop mixed, mixed martial arts in, uh, in Africa, martial arts in general in, in, in Africa. So we went there and did some seminars. And, uh, you know, we even did some events. We did, uh, we did many uh, jiu-jitsu tournaments all over Africa, west, east. So we, uh, with COVID, it got slowed down a little bit, but uh, a lot. But um, uh, yeah, that's our goal. The same thing is very simple. We're just trying to make events and try to try to help, uh, of course, fighters and all the the people who practice uh, martial arts to um, to have better opportunities and to have better uh, access to it by bringing uh, by bringing. Uh, uh, fighters and coaches 
from all around the world, some from Europe, from, from America, some from another part of, part of Africa. So we are we working over there to be able to to um, and to also take from them too, because uh, to learn from them too, because you know you have a lot of uh, you have a big wrestling culture in in Senegal. Uh, they've been doing this for for for, for decades, probably centuries. Really, so we, uh, it's a big it's a big culture over there. So when we went there with a with Ken Velasquez, he, he, uh, he also learned from them too, you know. It wasn't just him giving a, a seminars or it was an exchange where, you know, they learn, we learn too. And we, 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 um, we share. Sharing is, that's quality right there. And then being able, because that, again, that's another place with the ego, right? Sharing is checking your ego a little bit. That's good. Um, they have a big wrestling culture. That's interesting. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have a big, uh, they have a big wrestling culture in Senegal. It's called Lamp Lamp Wrestling. You can look it up. Look it up. Uh, and yes, we, they've been wrestling for a long time. Um, and you'll see, it's, it's very interesting. It's on the sand, and they they, they fight. They fight for real. So Maybe I have seen this. Isn't there a documentary? Yeah, yeah there there a documentary on Netflix. Yeah. I think. I've seen it in part. I didn't, I didn't watch it, but I heard about it a lot. What, uh, how do you spell it? Lamp. L-A-A-M-B. Okay. Uh, I think so. Lamp Wrestling. I think so. Look it up. Yeah, I'll look it up. I'm always looking for it. Cool. Right on. So, yeah, man. Um, um, okay, so we'll close with these couple questions, and they're short. No but okay, so you got somebody that's young. And they want to walk the path. They want to go into the same business you're in, right? Maybe they're like twenty or something like that. Maybe they're twenty or something like that. What what is the piece of advice that you give them for your line of work? Um, I want to tell him uh, don't give up and keep showing up to practice just keep showing up to practice it's very simple uh, keep showing up to practice and um, just 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 don't stop and things will open for you what was it like what did you learn when you were 15 the skill the fighting style you said you started you was was it wrestling first or no, it was Kung Fu. I started with Kung Fu. Sancho come from Kung Fu. I mean, that's the, that's the fighting, um, the Heck fighting yeah. uh, line of Kung Fu. You know, Kung Fu, there is the form as we know, what we see in movies and stuff like that. And there is the combat, which is a, a Chinese, Russian kickboxing, where we, uh, you know, it's, it's kickboxing and um, it's, it's pretty much kickboxing with throws, with, uh, yeah. with, uh, with takedowns, I want to say. Yeah, so, I, um, I wanted to try that, my friend. I wanted to try that when yeah, I... It was, I mean, it was big. It was big in San Jose at one point. I know. Uh, because of Kong Lee. Yeah. Kong Lee, uh, you know, but made that big in the in U.S., you know. Because I wanted... Didn't he... He went, like, traveled and performed it, right? Like, he did it. I wanted to do that. Is that... How fun yeah, is just that? Just like I did. Uh, yeah. That was... 
was the best. That was the best fun. Uh, the best fun in my life is when I was right. in the national. When I was in the national uh, team of Central, and we, uh, we used to travel the world. And Kong was in the USA. Yeah. Uh, um, um, team. So that was the most fun yeah, you that had, was, huh? That was, did that you was, get, uh, Did you make money with it? You didn't make money though. Nah. Still, I didn't make money for a long, long time. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I guess so. Dang, you got to travel like that. Did you ever meet? So you got to face people doing, well, you get to meet people doing Sancho. That's challenging because they're kicking and then they have different grappling techniques. So you have to adapt, no? Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, damn. There's a, there's, they're kicking, punching, and they're doing, a, they, 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 you can do takedowns, it can be throws, it can be a double leg, it can be a single leg, it can be, but with, with big, with big gloves. So it's, a, of course, very different than the real wrestling, because as soon as you get to the ground, you stop wrestling, so it's a very small portion of wrestling. Uh, we can't call them wrestlers yet, but they do know how to, how to, how to take people down. And you did that, and then what came after that? So you were good that Sancho, you won titles. Yeah, I won titles. I won, uh, I won world titles. I won European titles. I did a little bit of kickboxing, and I moved in 2009. I moved to US. I signed with Strikeforce. Strikeforce was MMA only, or is it kickboxing and MMA, right? No, no MMA only, and I didn't know nothing about grappling. Right. So it was a, it was, it was a, hey. it was a risky. Right? Choice. And then, so you kept that same mentality, I'm assuming, to work to get uh, better. Because, like, yeah, you got to now do a new a new uh, martial arts, new competition. You got the bright lights, the strike force. But you're able to, like, like uh, I'm assuming you're able to adapt to that. And so you did MMA. He took time because... Uh took time huh yeah yeah it took, it, took, it took time because uh um you know i was a champion back in central and i come back and i have to restart from zero so we were talking oh. about about ego that's a big ego test right there yeah. because uh um you know you, you you're not you're not the, you're not the best in the room anymore so you uh you know i had to restart from zero and uh and learn the, the grappling and, and wrestling and that was a uh, that was it took it took a couple of years to being able to just grapple or wrestle with, with, with anybody a couple of years a couple of years man people give up for less so now that you're coaching all these young these i don't know if they're young all these guys now you're the man over there uh is it striking because it's not head coach i think mr uh, mendez but what do you just can you explain what your role is like officially there? Yeah, yeah, I'm the striking coach for the for the MMA team. All right. And you have Ron oh Kessler, God. who uh, you have Ron Kessler, who takes care of um, uh, the grappling, and you have a uh, you, you have DC, so Daniel Cormier and, and Sean Bunch, who takes who takes care of the the wrestling. And how? Um, what are your expectations for that? going forward because it's heavy I mean, it's just, just it's a that's school though <laughs> yeah thank you no my expectation is just to just like any coach to just uh you know uh, bring a lot of uh, bring a lot of champions the most the most we can and and to you know to try to be the most successful we can with our team 
do you feel pressure because I know you don't, but I'm saying like it's school's got a big old name and it's got this massive legacy, etc. To just uh, try, try to continue to try to find the, the best recipes to evolve with the sports, and, uh, and we, should, we should we should be fine. Anybody on the? I know I don't know if this is a good question, but is there anyone that you're like, um, man, that you're that people don't know about? Yeah, of course. Of that, course, there are a couple. Yes. Of course, there are a couple that are not on TV yet that are that are, that are missed. Are they? That's always the, that's always the, that's always the way it is, you know. Like you, you didn't know Ken Velasquez before yeah. he was a, you know, and he was a beast at the gym. So it's always like that, you know. Yeah. So then, I look forward to it. You're gonna be doing the. Um, um, so I just assume it's gonna be MMA guys. You're gonna be on all over the place traveling with them sometimes. You know, corner this and that. Yes. Uh, yeah, we already are. We already yeah. are. Um, we we uh, we we've been traveling and we we're traveling again soon for the, with the fighters when they fight so every, everywhere everywhere and uh, you know I also teach kickboxing so I have a bunch of uh, kickboxer kickboxers amateur kickboxers who. Uh, it's also fun uh, to uh, to coach those guys to uh, to become kickboxers and maybe MMA fighters in the future. But it's also fun to do uh, to do a little bit of kickboxing on the side too, because I do that. I do actually a lot. I, I we do um, I teach a lot of privates and also classes in kickboxing, like as you know. Yes. Um, for sure. So we. Uh, so I, I also enjoy this. This um, right on. Right on. Good. Good, good, good. I appreciate your time, and then I'm going to let you go. And then let me ask you this. What's the last thing? If you got to kill, if you got to, if you're having trouble getting over the barrier of getting to the being the best athlete you can be, the barriers that prevent you from getting there, like if I had to say, Coach, it's hard for me to get there, but it's in me. I know it is. What would you tell someone like that? Well, it, it depends what is hard, what is hard, what, 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 it, everybody has his own problem. So it, it really depends uh, why, why, is, why do you think that it's hard? If you have it in you, uh, what, what makes it hard? Is it your life? Is it uh, your mental? Is it, uh, you know, everybody is different. We all have our, life, our lives and stuff like that. Some people, it's just the paperwork. They're not able to come here because they don't have no visas. You know, so it's very, uh, it's very different for everybody. Um, so it, again, it's hard for me to answer that question because it's uh, very relative. What if I said it was too challenging, just playing out too hard, and but you're someone you look at them and you're like, now nah, they could do it. You believe they could do it? They don't believe in themselves, because it's challenging. There's time constraints, job. Yeah. What would you suggest? Uh, that means you don't have it in you. <laughs> and to accept it, you'll make, you'll make, you'll make, you'll make it work. We, we made all the sacrifice we had to make to to come. I left my country to come here. You, you know, whatever your excuse is, you make sacrifice in life to to get wherever you can. If you don't believe in yourself, I'm not the one who can tell you. Uh, no, I think you can do it. If you tell me you don't believe in yourself, don't, let's just stop the conversation here. Hey, I feel that. 
it's a then it's swallowing the pill, and that is an ego check too. All right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Hey, Tomas, thank you for your time. Sorry you can't see me because of the glare, but thank you. It's all good. Yeah, you're welcome. Man. Coach, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so that'll be the end of the recording, but you know, I will. Uh, I'll see you soon. My plan is to go in like every now and again. Oh. Sorry. No, no worries, my bad. It, it, so yeah, that's all. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you for having me, and uh, good luck in your podcast. You know, let me know when it comes out, so I help you promote a little bit. You know. I and appreciate then, uh, you. Thank. I will. Yeah, yeah. Of course, and then uh, I hope I see you again at the gym, man. You know, come. I, I told you when you come, I, I I take care of you. You know. And I'll be back for sure. Yeah, sounds good, man. Sounds good. All right. Have a good day, Tomas. Thank you, huh? Yeah, you too, man. Take care, brother. Peace out, brother. Uh Uh-huh.